Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Sex Fairy. I am Dr. Kaval Bhava, and I am here to transform your life. Today, we are going to get into the very interesting and very uncomfortable topic of money. What does money do to relationships? I was reading a statistic that said that nearly half of Americans, 48%, who are married or living with a partner say that they argue with the person over money. Spending habits are a very big source of trouble, with 60% saying that one person spends too much or the other is too cheap. Other areas of discord are split between someone being dishonest about money, how to divide the bills, uh, money, other general money fights, disagreements over forgetting to pay bills, financial priorities, you name it. A study by TD Ameritrade found that 41% of divorced Gen Xers and 29% of boomers say that they ended their marriage due to disagreements about money. And a study of more than 4,500 couples published in Family Relationships, it's a journal, said that arguing about money early on in your relationship may be the number one predictor of whether or not you end up divorced. Today I have with me in the studio my friend, Mike Wilde. Mike is a friend of mine. We do a lot of charity for the American Cancer Society. We raise a lot of funds for them. Mike is also an attorney. And at one of our recent Cancer Society events, we got talking about what else but sex and money. And Mike has a law firm that handles asset protection and estate planning. So he has a lot of experience in this topic with people fighting over money. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So what are your thoughts about couples fighting over money? Well... You know, I think that money is an underlying part of every relationship, uh, you know, whether it be a mail order bride <laughs> or, uh, you know, uh, first sexual encounter as, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, uh, the teenagers will, uh, will spend whatever it takes to get one of those. But I think that when it comes to marriages, the idea of money is always something that is underlying, whether there's too much of it, not enough of it. He makes more, she makes more. Uh, sometimes people equate money. Uh, and, and assets with the the value of the person in the relationship. So uh, if a if a husband makes more money, the wife automatically feels like she's not as as worth uh, unless he goes above and beyond to make her feel like they're equals and vice versa. Even worse, actually, vice versa, because a lot of times if a man is has the the untraditional role of being a stay at home and and he is the second income, you know, like Tom Brady. <laughs> second income in the family, sometimes there's a little bit of an ego kick. And so the, the actual affluence uh, doesn't necessarily increase the standard of the marriage. It, it sometimes decreases it. I agree because there are statistics that show that couples making 20000 a year fight less than couples who earn between two fifty to 500000 Well, absolutely. I mean, more money equals more options. So if you are... Uh, only making $20,000 a year and you're worried about putting bread on the table, you're not thinking about, well, where else can I go to uh, maybe get some jam for my bread? Oh my <laughs> God, <know>? that's funny. <laughs> but if you have you know, wealth that's, that's uh, allowing you to go out and have a life outside of your marriage, well, then you start to think about the grass being greener on the other side. You know, I've always wondered, do ugly people get together because they want to or because they have to. <laughs> so it's the same thing with rich people. Uh, if you have a lot of money, you have a lot of options. And whether you are 
uh, together in a uh, monogamous relationship, be it marriage or any other type of relationship, or if you're a single person, you know, having more money allows you more options when it comes to dating and, and, and extracurricular activities. Extracurricular activities, of course. No, I found that in my case, as a successful woman, it is harder to date, not easier. Because it's okay for a man to be successful, but when a woman is successful, it makes people uncomfortable. Well, you know, it's funny. I have friends that are successful women that have always said that to me. Now, all of them have, uh, since we've had these conversations, found relationships. But at the time, they said men are scared of successful women. And there's a certain type of man that is. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we live in South Florida. And in South Florida, there it's an eclectic um, environment of different nationalities. And there are some countries, you know, um, Russia, Cuba, um, you know, that have this machismo feeling that they do not want a woman who's going to have more power, be it uh, in the workplace or in the bank book, um, and that they do. But I think in general, that there also are a lot of guys out there that are looking for an equal, especially with a second marriage. I think that when you get into a first marriage, there are these antiquated preconceptions of what the man is supposed to be, what the woman is supposed to be. But I think after that's done, after the kids have been had, the divorce has been had, and, uh, you know, everyone's licked their wounds, I think it's less of that issue. I think that what you'll find is uh, there are many men out there who have given half their money away and are happy to find a sugar mama. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) The problem is people want me to be their sugar mama, too. Well, there you go. You got to pick your poison. (laughs) You could be be the sugar mama that is uh, taking care of the man who's happy that you're more successful, or you can find a man who, who is going to take care of you. And I do think that, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, we start talking about, you know, the, the, you know, Tony Robbins and, 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 and the, the mentality of, of successful people. I do think that even a successful woman does want a man to care for her, to protect her. I think that's just biological. So I think that a lot of times people will look at paychecks and assume that, okay, then the woman is taking care of the household because she's making more money, so she must be the provider. But in reality, I think, like I said before, I think it's important for both people, if they're going to grow together, for the provider of wealth to make the other person feel like they are the protector, at least. Because I think that is important for, as far as what I've seen, uh, of course, I'm divorced, so what the heck do I know? <laughs> well, so am I. What do I know? Yeah. So, but, but what I have seen with successful relationships is they do a very good job of making each other realize how important the other one is. So it doesn't really matter how much money is being made because mm-hmm. the person who's making more money, they're probably leaning on the other person for other things that are just as important. And, and they make them realize that they're just as important. It's rare to find that because I was talking to my friend the other day where he said, Mike, you know, how do you find the, these good relationships? And I started to think about two things. One, in my own life, every great relationship I've ever had, the woman asked me out. So the idea that's, of- That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, that you know, the idea of- um, you know, that, 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 uh, a, a aggressive woman, not necessarily successful because it didn't have to do with money, but an aggressive woman would be unattractive. It, for me, that did not ring true. But then I thought, started to think about all the great relationships. So I, I was talking to my friend and he said, uh, what, think about great relationships. And I said, well, I can think of a lot of great marriages that I know right now. A lot of friends that I have that have great marriages I said, one thing they all have in common, it's all their second marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the thing. I mean, I think about my own parents, my own parents are divorced. Uh, when 
my parents were together, they were a horrible match, even though you know they, they were married for quite some time. They had three kids. Uh, they went to high school together and college together and all these things. And when they got divorced, then we had my, my mother and father each married different people, my stepfather and stepmother, and they've been married each for over 20 years. And my stepfather just adores my mother, just, just uh, you know, will do anything for her. And my stepmother adores my father and will do anything for him. And they found people that were perfect for them in their second relationships. But in their first relationship, they, they ended up exactly how I did. So I think that there's something to be said for also uh, being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, money... And the protection of money is one thing, but it's not everything. Uh, there are every, every type of, because in part of our asset protection work that we do, we do prenups and postnups, do a lot of marital talk. Uh, we don't do any divorces, but it's, it's, it's kind of in line with that. Uh, the, everyone thinks about, I need to protect my assets, especially if you have kids from a previous relationship or something like that. So we create these these diagrams of what would happen in the case that something bad happens. Now, what's great about dealing with someone who's in a second or third marriage, something like that, they're realistic. They're not saying, you know, oh, we're never going to get divorced. This will last forever. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. not. They're saying, hey, listen, I hope it does, but realistically, we've already failed once. What are once. the chances? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? The divorce rate on a first marriage is 50%. Everyone talks about that. Divorce rate on a second marriage is like 70%. So you've already proven you're not great at this. <laughs> so now you're, you're increasing the odds it's going to fail. But the great thing is entering into this contract, making sure that you're protected, that your kids are protected, that even your spouse is protected because it's not just about assets, it's about liabilities as well. And you come into a marriage, a lot of times a second marriage with liabilities from the mm-hmm. previous marriage mm-hmm. often, and you want to protect the other person too. So it, it, it becomes more of a business document, but it's not unromantic. It actually, I think, is more romantic if you can put those lovey-dovey butterflies aside and really mm-hmm. say, hey, I care about you enough to say, if this doesn't work, here's how we're not going to kill each other. Well, you know why divorce is so expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's worth it. Because it's worth it. <laughs> so, Mine was so worth it. <laughs> exactly. So you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, I'm fine. It's, it's onward and you're, upward. You're earning potentials in front of you. Oh, yes. You know? Oh, yes. You know, or you could find that sugar daddy. It's fine. Well, you know, <laughs> I am in the land of sugar daddies, right? You are. This is, this is. See, I look I'm looking around, for a sugar daddy. You're looking for a sugar you're, mama. You're, we're See, in the right place. We're in the I think. right we're, place. We're, South we're, Florida. This is it. And especially where we are right now, for those who don't know, we're in Boca Raton, which is a very good place to find. It's very rich. See people, yeah, and and older people with money that are looking for young, successful. Uh, yeah, and at some of them. those events you and I have attended together, we have had billionaires eating at our tables. That's true. That's very true. You know, I, I what makes me sad though. I'm 42 years old, so I'm I'm too old to be a boy toy. I'm too young to be a sugar. Well, daddy. it depends I'm on how old the, the gal is, my friend. <laughs> that's I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I could go visit the uh, assisted living facilities. Well, they, <laughs> yeah. There's some serious money there. I'm promising you. Yes. So, you know, the other thing I've noticed is that even with successful men, men who even make more than me, the fact that I'm independently successful makes them nervous, makes them a little uncomfortable. I had uh, one person, I've I've mentioned this before, um, I actually made it to a third date, which for me is epic. You know, third date, whew, you know, know, I know pretty quickly if this is going nowhere, but I think my radar was a little off with this one. And uh, he picked me up from home and he brought me flowers. And I said, uh, you know, let me put them away. He walks in and he looks up at my cathedral ceiling and says, I can afford this. And I said, well, clearly I don't need you to. I'm doing just fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that was the end. So I couldn't do it after that. Uh, see, I, I think, though, that you know, it, it, it sometimes can maybe 
take, I, cause I wasn't in that situation. So I don't know, maybe he got taken aback, but did he say anything or did you assume he was saying it? Oh, he said it. Like, I mean, did you assume he couldn't handle it? Oh, he looked very uncomfortable. I'm not really? sure what he thought he was driving into, but it was not what he expected. And I figured that if there was a man who was that uncomfortable with my success, as successful as he was, I wasn't sure what he meant by, I can't afford this, but you know, I just decided to take a step back. It just left a very sour taste in my mouth. Well, I think that, you know, it's, it's, first of all, if, if I walked into a woman's place and I thought I'll never afford this, I would be like, I'm not leaving. So <laughs> that, that would be the first thing. I think that's a, that's maybe that's short sighted on his part, but, uh, but I, 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 you know, everyone, and especially in second relationships, when you're out of the first one, everyone, there's a plus and a minus, everyone has baggage from it. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't even want to call mine baggage. It's not, it's wonderful, but I have two young children. I have a 12 year old and an eight year old. And so half of my time is always with them. And women who have never had children before don't understand that. Typically they, 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 they want more time. Now, uh, a woman who has already been divorced and already has kids, they understand. Yeah, I know I'll only see you, you know, every two weeks, but then it's funny. The, uh, the, the conversations on first dates with single mothers are always the same. It's okay, show me your child schedule. Like I need to know if we're on you the know, same it matters. schedule. It matters, it matters, absolutely. Because yeah. weekends, for instance, if you have a certain weekend with your kids and your girlfriend has the opposite weekend with her kids, you'll never see each other and, on weekends. And you're talking about girlfriend. I'm talking about a first date. So I have to decide, okay, if I'm attracted to this woman, but even seeing her is going to require me to go to my ex-wife and ask for a favor. Oh my God, yes, I, that's painful. I, I, can't, I can't do it. So the uh, the idea is that you have to look for things that fit better. But the good thing is that you have these red flags because I'll tell you, the biggest red, or you have these baggages because the biggest red flag is you get to a certain age and you've never been married and you've never had kids and you don't have any problems and you're like, Okay, well, you're a serial killer, aren't you? <laughs> you know, it's like there's there's something up with you. So I think it's good. Like when when a when a um, I, the other day on one of these apps, uh, one, one this woman asked, she said, "Why are you single?" And I said, "Well, first I answered with a, a smart ass retort, and I said because if I were double, I'd be two. <laughs> but <laughs> but then I said to her, "Is it you know uh, I was uh, divorced and I have two children, so that's where I between you know the the, the running a law firm." having kids, doing all the philanthropy it work. It takes we do. a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. That's what it takes. And so the amount of time I have to devote to a relationship is very small. But if you found the right person, you'd find the time. Everyone says that, and I'm waiting for that. And that might be true. Uh, to this point, I had uh, the, the I, you know, I, the longest relationship. I think that I wouldn't even call it a relationship. Nobody can see I'm quoting because I'm on radio. So that's on me. But <laughs> the, the <laughs> longest, uh, longest relationship I had uh, post-divorce was a, uh, a casual one, but it lasted a few months. And I remember that one, the, the woman was upset because I wasn't making enough time for her. And I said, well, I've got my kids and this and what that. And she said, well, you'd make time for me if you wanted to. And I said, look, I said, I don't want to be rude, but you're like seventh on the priority list. And it sounds awful, Yikes. but when you start, but when you start listing things and I start out, you know, with my family, you know, my children, obviously number one and my, the rest of my family. And then, you know, my uh, law firm and my networking and my philanthropy and my friends. And I said, you're right in line with like playing golf and going to the gym. Ouch. And, and those are what I my, do when I have free no, time. No, 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 no. Yes. You are going to stay single if you talk That's, like that. I, but you know, I was just honest. I was just, I, I'm, I'm just ultra pragmatic about it because, you know, I don't know if you felt this way, but when I got divorced, I was like, okay, well that was it. Like that was, 
the relationship I had and I had the kids and, and I guess I've had all the sex I'm going to have in my life. <laughs> but that was, that was at the time that I thought, uh, you know, when I, when I first got divorced and I was okay with that, I was okay with never having a relationship again. Even to this day, I think to myself, everything else is gravy. If I do ever have another relationship, that is, it turns into a, a marriage. I don't plan on that, but if that happened, it's gravy. You know, it's all just a bonus. But if you never spend time with her, how will it ever turn into marriage? Well, that's why I back to my first comment about mail order brides, you know? Oh my <laughs> God, you're awful. <laughs> no, you know, I think that we get very busy and we get stuck in a rut. You and I are essentially the same person packaged a little differently. We are both single parents uh, of two children, two young children. We are both coming out of first marriages. We are both networking. We both do philanthropy. We are wheelers, dealers, we're out there doing our thing. But at some point, I think we have to make time for that person. When that person comes, I think when you know, you know. Yep. I think when that person comes, I think you'll make time. That's what my friends keep saying. <laughs> I'm telling you. I mean, I've yet to find that person, but I'm quite convinced yeah. that when I find that right person, that things will change in that sense. Sure. And, uh, you know, I also think with time, you know, obviously kids don't stay young forever. So uh, my daughter is already almost a teenager. She's one month from being a teenager. Mm -hmm. She, she in two years won't even remember my name. Oh, you know? that's funny. <laughs> my, my son, you know, when he's, you know, 12 years old, he'll be running around with his friends. And so, so I, I, I do feel that just in a, in a few years, things will change also as far as the calendar is concerned. Plus you and I were just talking about, you know, finding more help for our respective businesses. So, you know, Oh my goodness. In today's society, it is so hard to find anybody who wants a decent job. Oh, it's true. I think, terrible. I'd, I think I'd, fi I'd rather find uh, more good help than uh, of another relationship. <laughs> you know, I agree with you. Yeah. I'll agree with you on that. I'll give you that. Yeah. I would, I would take a full-time good employee yeah. over a partner this time, because exactly. I think the employee would make my life better. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> right? well, well, one caters to you, you cater to the other. So it's, uh, well, in a good relationship, you cater to each other. Yeah, that's true. But I found that, um, you know, the, the, the amount of effort that, uh, at the beginning, it's a, a good relationship when you're fast forwarding to the middle, you're exactly right. But I find at the beginning, it's kind of like an airplane taking off. All the fuel is expended in the very beginning of the flight. So and that's then, well said, you know, and then you coast from there. So at the beginning, you know, do you have the, uh, the, the ability or, uh, or even the, the want to, you know, as far as you know, finding the right person to, to put in that time and that, you effort? know, I don't do online dating. I tried it but it wasn't for me. It's too much of that swipe mentality mm -hmm. and call me crazy. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but I just love to meet somebody walking around in daily life Sure. at an event, God forbid at a bar. Not that I go to them very much, but you know, you, you just want to meet somebody organically sure. and feel that chemistry and not have to have that interview slash banter by text. Yeah. You know, it's annoying. No, I agree completely. I think, um, you know, when I think about well, I'm on like every app and I treat it almost like a game. Are you I on Tinder? I never, yeah. But it's I've, a booty call app, isn't I, it? Well, I mean, they say that, but it's like all of them kind of are. They but, all are, you're right. But I very rarely go out and meet any of the women that I match on here. I, we like, you know, chat a little bit and then that's it. So it's because just entertainment. It, re it really is. It really just is like, TikTok. like a video game. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's actually, I like it better than TikTok. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so it's, but it's a lot of swiping and you know, once in a while I go out, but, but honestly over, uh, over the past six years that I've been divorced, um, I think I've probably gone on six total dates from the apps. Whereas you're exactly right. Most of the, 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 the women that I've been able to meet, I've met out. 
you know, you go out and you go out with friends and you run into someone. And, or, you yeah. Know, I mean, I hear yeah. about these success stories every now and then, Oh, we met online and here they are married with kids, but I don't see that often. Yeah. I see more of those organically, you know, the people you meet organically, I think. Although I, my, my ex-wife did pick me up on MySpace. So, oh, yes. Back then, yeah, we, back in the dark back, ages when there in, was MySpace. When there were no smartphones at all. And, uh, and yeah. we had flip phones. Yeah, exactly. We did. We had, we had the Razor. <laughs> and, oh my goodness, uh, yes. Yeah, so she picked me up and we had a mutual friend on MySpace, a guy that lived in my building with the high school with her. And she said, uh, it says on your profile that you're single. How does a thing like that happen? See, hmm. that's an aggressive woman. And we were married for 10 years. <laughs> Imagine that. I was married for almost 20. See, there you go. Did he pick you up on MySpace? No, he didn't. <laughs> That's the problem. That's his problem. <laughs> That's my problem, yes. No, I uh, I just think that money becomes such an issue nowadays with dating even. Do you feel that on these dating apps, people are asking you questions, trying to figure out how much money you really have? Well, what I do is I put a picture of my bank account on there because I feel like it helps. <laughs> Um, so that's, it's never an issue, but no, I think that, you know, at first of all, there's an assumption that, you know, if I own a law firm that people think, you know, okay, he's doing well. Um, so that, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm a public figure, but I'm a quasi public figure in Fort Lauderdale because of all the work I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so I, I, I assume they know, I'll tell you the interesting thing. So I, uh, I will never let a woman pay. I will never. And, uh, it's, uh, so it, 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 it when a woman um, offers to pay, it actually is a good thing. It's a, it's a thing where it's like, okay, no, I'm going to fight you for that. I'm never going to let you. Uh, so that's interesting. I think that my advice to, to women out there is uh, offer to pay. If he lets you pay, don't go out with him again. But should but she offer he, to pay on the first date? Yes, but never offer to split. Splitting it means I'm not interested. If we go Dutch, that's, that's just for people not familiar with guy, what guys are thinking. If I go out with a girl and she says, Let's split the bill. I mm-hmm. say, she's not interested. We're just friends. Well, for me, I would feel very odd if I was expected to pay on a first date. Well, no, Maybe no. I'm You'd a little traditional. you never expected to pay. That's my point. Or I don't know whether I would offer to pay on a first date because you don't want to offend the person either. It's okay. It's never offensive if you offer to pay the whole bill. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Here's the rub. If you offer to pay the whole bill and he lets you, he's a dud. Oh, he's a dud, yes. If... You offer to pay the whole bill and he says, get that out of here. I'm paying it. Mm-hmm. Great. Good date. If you say, I'll pay my half, then he'll say, I don't even know what we're doing here. Are we on a date? Yeah. Half is not a date. Half is not a date. Half, I agree. Yeah. Half is your friends. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've been on dates where girls are a little sneaky because they have their own money. And what they'll do is I'll pay for dinner and everything. And then we'll be out. And before I can do it, they'll have slipped the bartender their credit card to pay for drinks. Cause they're like, no, 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 that's different. That's cute. But in general, that should be the rule. Hmm. That's true. Now I find that on dating apps, I find my friends asking leading questions. Like mm-hmm. I'll be sitting next to somebody who's on Bumble with some guy she's trying to converse with and she'll ask him, so what car do you drive? And you know, that's, what, you know, what, where off. in town, where in town <laughs> do you live? And she's trying to figure out what area, sure. what car, figure out if he's worth pursuing. Well, see, I, I, the, she's doing it all wrong. What she should do is just ask him for his full name and start stalking like a reasonable person. There you, you know? go on Google. Yeah, exactly. You know, BCPA has all the, the addresses of everybody out there. You, can you know, see. it's scary when you see what all you can find out about people. Absolutely. How many 
speeding tickets I've had, this, that, the you, other. You can find anything. With just anything. a phone number, you can find anything. It's wild. Look, in my business, we have to do that. We have to, when someone dies and we have to find heirs, we have to locate them or we have to find assets. We can, with a social security number, find anybody's asset anywhere. So that's the idea is that, that uh, she's being really lazy about the stalking. She should just like ask for some <laughs> basic knowledge and, you know, and, and, and um, I think actually that the only type of conversations should be had via text should be uh, comedic. It should be, it should be just comedic banter, you know? So I think that going back and forth in that manner, I think is better than, you know, if you want to talk serious stuff, then you can always, you know, do it in person or even on the phone, but on the apps, usually if you look at, you know, my, my conversations with, with women on the apps, it's very quickly to here's my cell phone. Let's get off of the app if we're hitting it off, but it's all just comedic. It's all just me telling jokes and if they get it, then we'll move on to step two. What percent of your dates do you think proceed to a second date? Um, you know, it's hard to say because I'll tell you what really recently, and maybe this is just like COVID related because I was thinking about this too. In the last couple of years, I don't, I, well, I, I shouldn't say I don't. I, 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 I don't as often go on traditional dates. So of the dates that I think I've gone on in the last, you know, the last two successful traditional dinner activity drinks, you know, uh, I would say that both, I mean, by no, both of them went to a second date. So it's fine, but neither turned into anything beyond that, mainly because of kids' schedules. Because both of them had kids, I have kids, and- It's complicated. It is, it's complicated. And then all of a sudden, uh, one weekend turns into two, turns into four, and now I haven't seen you in two months, and hey, you want to get a drink? Oh <laughs> so my goodness, you're almost it is starting tough. over. It is starting tough. Over. Um, no, I think kids' schedules are a major issue. So while you said it jokingly, it's it's a fact. Yeah. You have to make sure that your calendars align or you'll never get there. And back to your comment about money again. If you can afford a good nanny. you know. <laughs> so. But you know, there's that thing about guilt. I yeah. think we all suffer I from it. That. If you have kids at home, you yep. feel terribly guilty. Oh, yeah. And I feel that when I was married and I left my kids at home for dinner and went out with their dad, I didn't feel guilty. But now when I'm a single parent and they're at home with a nanny and I go out even for an event, I feel guilty. It's not just guilt. It, it is partially guilt. It's also competition. It's also competition because if, if their dad was home with them all the time, but you were going out all the time, then it's like, okay, well, daddy's always home with us. Whereas if you are the mother, you are the, parent, the winning parent, you're mm-hmm. the one that they count on more then not only do you alleviate the guilt that you would feel being out, but also you get to win. You know, in my case, it's unfortunate, but they don't always have a good relationship with their dad. So they depend on me more. So you're in the lead. So, yeah. So when I leave them, I feel even more guilty because now I'm taking time away from precious time together. How old are they? They're 11 twins. Okay, 11 years old. So yeah, you only have a couple more years and then they'll hit you anyway. Then they'll hit me anyway. Yeah, so you just you enjoy <laughs> We're this getting time. there, slowly but surely. Well, and you don't have an even split, right? I have them more. You have them more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have an exactly even split. So for me, I would never, I, I do have that guilt uh, feeling. And this is why I don't, I don't actually don't have the guilt because of the, what I do. When I have my kids, I only have my kids. I don't, I don't leave the kids, you know, mm-hmm. unless a charity event once well, in a while. Well, that's what I was I saying. If I go to, for a charity event or something though. like that, that's, I don't, I don't go dating. Times. That's what I'm saying. God yeah. knows I don't have any time to date period anymore, yeah. but 
when I do leave them, it's for an event like that, yeah, like ACS or something like that. Exactly. That's, that's my thing. So I don't feel guilty in that manner. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, you know, come home fairly quickly after it's not a big deal. And plus usually it's my parents that babysit. So it's like, okay, you're going to see grandma or grandpa. Um, so it's not, not a big deal. But, uh, but when it's, when, when I have, when I don't have them, I don't feel guilty at all about being out. So when it's not my time with them, when it's their time with their mom, there's no guilt, then. no guilt at yeah. all. And I'm out. Now, the other part of that is I personally can't be trusted to be without my kids for more than the five days that I maximum amount of time. Because uh, when I go out, um, as a lawyer, the only bar I've ever passed is the exam. All the other ones I go in. So uh, the I, the first time when we first were separating, I tr- we tried to do one week, one week, and I went one week without them, and I would I would have died, <laughs> all the partying. So I uh, instead of instead of 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 having. Uh, me left to my own devices. I like the idea that I can only go out a couple nights in a row and then I go back to the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> saves me from myself. Saves you from yourself. <laughs> and yeah, saves your liver as well. Saves my liver. Well, it's interesting. You know, you think money makes life easier, but money tends to complicate it. Being single also seems to complicate life. You life think is just complicated. Life is just complicated. <laughs> when, you're, when you're in a bad marriage, you think being single will be easier. And then when you're single, you think the marriage was easier. And then when you're younger and you're trying to make the money, you think once you have more money, you have fewer problems. But like you said earlier, more money, more problems. Absolutely. More money, more problems. I often think about this. I think that there's always going to be an issue. There's always going to be either divorce is going to be an issue or, or money's going to be an issue or kids are going to be an issue. The only time we're all going to get together and not worry about any issues is when the aliens finally attack. When they att- Then we all have to get band together and, and it's all about survival. But until that time, we're going to worry about stupid stuff like, hey, did I feed the kids frozen mac and cheese tonight? And is that a good parent thing to do? You know, or, okay, I went on this date. I'll tell you a funny thing, because I think I, I thought about uh, this story when uh, when you were telling me your story about uh, the, uh, the the boy, the, the guy that you brought home, and he said, oh, I can't afford to live here. So men and women think about things completely different. And so that's why I was thinking, well, did you speak with him about this, or did you just assume that he was upset? There's this Dave Barry uh, article. I don't know. You remember, you remember Dave Barry, the comedic columnist uh, for a long time? Well, he's, he's very funny. They even had a CBS show about him, but there's this article about these two people in a relationship and it's their six month anniversary and they go out to eat and, and he doesn't realize it's the six month anniversary, which she does. And they're, and, and, and what they're thinking during this whole process. And she is thinking, Oh my God, you know, he hasn't said anything. Maybe he's upset. He's going to break up with me. And she, and he, and, and he's thinking, well, you know, I, I just took the car in the other day and it's making this weird noise. And she's like, Oh my God, I, I, you know, I, I don't wonder if I should say something now. If I should, if I should ask him what he's thinking or what is, and he's like, that stupid mechanic, he ripped me off again. The transmission is idling. And she looks at his face and says, oh my God, his face, he's so angry. He's angry with me, he's gonna tell me. And the whole thing goes on and he, she runs out of the car and she says, I don't know why I'm waiting for a white uh, a night on a white horse, but I'm sorry and I've just have to. And she spends the whole rest of the night crying, talking to her friend on the phone. And he doesn't think anything of it. And he's playing racquetball with his friend the following week and he always says, and he says to him, did, did uh, Diane ever say anything about a horse? Men and women assume that they know what the other one is thinking. You don't know what men are thinking because we're never thinking anything. It's always, it's very simple. We're very simplistic creatures. So you might be thinking that he's thinking he can't afford here and he 
is beneath you and he doesn't want to, but unless he actually says that. Oh, he said it. He said, mm -hmm. I can't be with you. Well, he didn't say I can't be with you. He said, I can't afford this. And to okay. me, it was a major turnoff the way he behaved. Okay. I mean, it could be a side thing also, but don't assume mm -hmm. because we have a, another gentleman we were talking about. So don't assume mm -hmm. that you know what a person's thinking. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree. Especially a man because we're very rarely thinking I anything. understand. Oh, I <laughs> so understand. So since we were talking asset protection and money and how it complicates life, and maybe if somebody lives in this area and wants to contact you, how do they find you? Well, you can contact me by either going to my website, W. F as in Frank, P as in Peter, L-A-W.com, so WFPLaw.com, or you can contact me by phone, 954-944-2855. Also, the website that's easier for radio listeners, um, SouthFloridaWills.com, that also will go to the, uh, the main website, so SouthFloridaWills.com. Thank you, and I will end with a quote from Marx. While money can't buy happiness, it certainly lets you choose your own form of misery. I hope you enjoyed the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast today. I would love to continue this conversation with you. If you would like my top three secrets for amazing sex, send me an email at askme at drsexfairy.com and I will share them with you. Don't forget to follow this podcast and leave me a five-star review. Until next time. Until next time.